Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Marcus Olson. Marcus, you are the founder at Pliancy, and Pliancy is on the web at pliancy.com. That's P-L-I-A-N-C-Y.com. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And what does Pliancy do? So we are uh, turnkey modern IT departments for hyper-growth and demanding companies like venture capital, private equity, growth equity, and life science. So any modern company that's brand new, that's looking to kind of uh, use more modern tools, solutions, and whatnot, and is starting from scratch, would work with us, and we would set up their organization to scale their IT department and the solutions and security behind that. Yeah. And and so what are the major advantages to outsourcing that are partnering with you in order to do that, as opposed to, well, looks like we better staff up? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because you know, 15 years ago, when many people started companies like this, as well as myself, it was um, I didn't need a full-time IT guy, quote unquote. Um, I only have IT problems every once in a while, and I want an on-demand um, IT person. And I would say that the way that looks today is very different in the sense that you need a full-time IT guy and then some, and it just doesn't make sense because a lot of your needs um, are fractional. You need some security. You need some cloud practitioners. You need um, you know, some support like help desk. You need some video AV guys. Um, you know, it's very different today. You need an arsenal of talent today, whereas 15 years ago, you just needed your IT generalist. Um, and so you would work with us because um, an IT generalist today doing all of that it would not perform nearly as well. It would have a lot of overhead and risk because one person doing all that work, well, what if they leave? So you would partner with somebody like us um, to really reduce your risk, increase your speed of execution um, and the quality. You know, and and I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, to think that a generalist is going to, I mean, generalists are going to be great. You know, obviously it's someone that probably knows a lot more about the tech than I do. Uh, but again, it's almost like that, you know, the jack of all trades, master of none, really. And, yes. you know, when we're thinking about the critical decisions that that should be made early on, um, man, is it nice to get someone who really knows database structure or something like that, right? Or well, security. You want, you want done it multiple times. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the challenge is that a lot of IT folks and general IT folks might work at two, three, four companies doing that role over their career, let's say. Um, whereas somebody that works at Pliancy has probably launched 
10, 15 companies in the last three years alone um, and taking them from zero to 50 to 100 to, in some cases with us, 3,000 employees. And so they're taking those learnings, bringing them back to the beginning, avoiding the mistakes that they made and improving and iterating and improving and iterating. Um, and that's something that you just get better at. But like you mentioned, I mean, you're in media. If you were a one-man show and had to do the, the cutting, the audio, the producing, the scheduling, I mean... It, it would be really hard for you to be exceptional at any of them. So I'm sure, and even at your organization, they say, hey, Josh, just do the podcast. That's what you're best at. We're going to do these parts behind the scenes. And so that's kind of what Pliancy does is it puts its consultants front and foremost, like a you, and then all the other operational staffs behind them supporting them, You know, whether that's security things, automation, development, whatever it is, that's all happening behind the scenes to really make the consultant a superstar. Um, we kind of call it like an exoskeleton uh, for that individual so they can really focus on engaging with the client, understanding their needs. And um, that's kind of the approach that we have that's different than others in our space that are a little bit more labor mills, if you will, which is like, a uh, you know, hire one of our people for X amount of hours per week and we'll just source them for you and give them to you. Uh, that's not what we do here. Ours is a much more in, intertwined uh, unit. Yeah. Um, yes, I can, I can verify. Uh, Josh does one job around here and, and you're <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. If, if I were to try to do all of those other jobs, a, it'd be mediocre at best B it would slow the whole thing down to a grinding halt. And it sounds like Marcus, that the type of folks that you're working with making the decisions, the right decisions quickly is going to be pretty critical when they're looking at, you know, how much runway they've got, you know, how much time they have to go to market. I, you know, look, if you have the luxury of spending years and you want to do it all yourself or, you know, try to, cobble it together with just a couple of that that's an option i suppose uh but when time is of the essence um you yeah know, we I, call it I, speed of execution um and risk of failure right and, and you work with a lot of startups and the the a startup is not about building a long-term sustainable business in its early years. The first five years, it's about finding product market fit, getting the scale and focusing on what their core problem is or what they're most engaged in. So they really don't want to have risk in different departments where they've got turnover, they're hiring, they're trying to recruit this IT person or whatever it is. They need to focus on what their goal is. In life science, that might be solving for the science that they're after, whatever that is, drug, medicine, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, that, that's where they want to focus. Venture capital is raising money for, for their funds. Wow. It's deploying the capital. It's not fiddling around in the, in, in the conference room. It's not trying to hire IT folks. And so we do best in these companies that are like, this is what I'm best at. And we want to find who's best at this thing and have them just own it and excel at it. Um, and over the years, being in business 15 years, we've grown by, by reducing what we do, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but you know, the, the the more we say, hey, we're going to do less of this fringe stuff and we're going to do more and more of what we know we're great at, the more we've scaled and, and, and become exceptional at it. And so while we would have served any client 15 years ago, today, we only serve brand new companies that are just launching. Um, and so that's kind of something that's allowed us to really build that that process for scaling them and setting them up for success, um, where most of our customers or competitors might fight over a 100-person company. We say no. That's technical debt. That's that that's that's going to be a challenge to get to our standards or into our platform. We're going to focus on companies that are brand new, where the process is repeatable um, and predictable, and and therefore the clients get exactly what they signed up for. 
And why is it that, uh, boy, here's a softball for you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> why, why do investors like to see startups partnering with you? What's, what's, what are they, what are they thinking about? Uh, Risk the, mitigation, the, right? Yeah. So we worked with our, our first clientele was venture capital firms. Um, I spent, uh, for my first firm I consulted for back in the day was Sequoia Capital. Um, I was there for about two years and then I branched out and started, you know, my, my consulting firm, Pliancy, which is now a tech enabled service firm. But um, ultimately they really don't want distractions. You know, they really want the founders focused on uh, growth, focused on their product, focused on the things that are really unique and specific to them. And if they can find partners like us that scale, they want to introduce us to them. And so that's how we kind of got into life sciences. We have all these venture firms, like 40 or so venture firms we support, and they've introduced us to the 70 or 80 life science companies we support. Um, and through that partnership, every time they're going to launch a new company, we have like five or six VC firms that will just introduce them right to pliancy. We'll scale them up until IPO or acquisition, and then on to the next one and do it again and again and again. Um, and it's been really, really fun um, doing that and building these partnerships with these these firms. Uh, clicking around on your website at pliancy.com, uh, I, I clicked on the uh, Who We Are page. Boy, I, I don't know that I can count quick enough to make it entertaining enough for the podcast, but you have a lot of consultants and engineers, yes. and yes. I, you've cobbled together quite an army. Yeah, we're 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 somewhere over a hundred um, now. We're we're doubling in size roughly every year. Um, we grew about eighty percent last year, sixty percent the year before that, seventy percent seventy percent the year before that. Um, so we're doing exceptionally well for what is normally an incredibly hard business to scale. Um, scaling, you know, consultative services, professional services is really, really, really difficult. Um, but once again, tying it back to, you know, kind of up my influence and, and what you, Josh, do Josh is like, you look at it and you go, well, how do I make it repeatable? Right. Like, how do I have, you know, these particular questions? How do I have this particular time frame? How do I use this type of calendar invite system? How do I source my leads consistently? And, and you're going to stick to a format that works exceptionally well and scales really well. And so we kind of shied away from this. Hey, we'll do whatever you want to. This is what we do. We build fast companies that scale quickly and want modern tech. And, and that's how we kind of were able to scale it at the rate that, that we are now. I think we have like 90 consultants um, roughly. And then we have, you know, 30 or so uh, support staff, 40 or so support staff that are kind of supporting uh, the organization in other roles, whether it's engineering, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so as a company, is everyone like, you're not all coming together to a single office. No, we're all. How, how does it? Place. Yeah. I'm curious, like how how this all runs. Yeah, I mean, we, we were really early adopters of virtual interviewing. So about five years ago, we said, why are we having people find parking in Palo Alto? We used to be on Uni University Avenue. We're now like a block off of that, but there's no parking in that area. It's expensive. Um, people were having a hard time finding the office because offices are weird in Palo Alto. They're in basements. They're above yeah. light shops. They're all over the place. <laughs> they're not real traditional. And so I said, well, why don't we just use Zoom? This new thing, Zoom, you know, let's just use that. And we started interviewing through Zoom and it allowed us to meet more people more quickly. Um, it, it was a benefit to them. And then we just started really leveraging Zoom and remote. And we started looking at, well, we can get really great offices in really prime areas as long as we don't size them for every employee 24-7 sitting in there. So we started getting offices on Newberry Ave and Boston and Canal Street and in, in uh, uh, Manhattan and like all these great, great areas, South Park and San Francisco. And they were small little boutique offices. And we used them as congregational spaces where people would come in, hang out, go grab lunch together, come in and out 
fluid, fluid. Um, and that's kind of how we just started growing the business uh, five years ago. And we're remote. We're all over the place. Uh, we've got employees in probably 20 states. Uh, at this point, we have offices in maybe seven or eight offices across the US or something, San Diego, South San Francisco, uh, all over the place, New York, Boston. Um, but they're all small and they're all annual leases. You know, We're just really, really nimble with that. The market changed, like COVID hit. Mm. We didn't do anything different. Next morning, we just kept working like normal. Yeah. And all of our clients did too, as well, because we really are eat, eat our own dog food. So, you know, when we're doing these things, we're going to our clients and saying, hey, try Zoom. Five years ago, I did the mattress guarantee is what I call it, where I installed Zoom rooms at every client of ours for free, paid for all the hardware, paid for everything. It was a big cash outlay. And I said, if you don't like it, we'll take it down. We'll refund you all of your money, including the labor. And it was because we knew that they would be really impactful and we knew that the clients would get a lot of use out of them and it would reduce the complexity of the traditional uh, audio video rooms with the Crestron and all of that. Um, they all loved it. And so all of our clients were set up for success when COVID hit as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're always trying to take advantage of technology um, to make the business operate better, more efficiently, communicate easier. So that was that was a, a big part of why we're remote, but we never said we're remote. We've never to this day said, right. we're a remote company or we're a hybrid company. We're just like, we're just pliancy and this works. Right. <laughs> and we'll change if the world changes, you know, who knows? So, so pliancy uh, was uh, you know, launched, uh, you know, about six and a half years ago. Uh, but your background, like what led you to uh, found pliancy? Yeah. I mean, we were running a much more traditional IT consulting firm um, before Pliancy I was. And, and I kind of saw this big shift maybe six years ago to SaaS. So back then we were doing infrastructure as a service. We had our own data center with you know, racks and racks of servers, and we were leasing out stuff well before AWS. Um, AWS was coming. It was much more scalable. It made a lot of sense. Um, and I saw this push towards SaaS and SaaS orchestration and really thinking about like, how do you bring these enterprise solutions that bigger companies are using downstream to smaller businesses? Yeah. Um, because much of it, as I'm sure you meet with a lot of these types of people, I mean, it's all business to business is generally targeting enterprise. So they want annual contracts. They want 50 user minimums. They want prepaid quarterly. And it doesn't make sense yeah. if you're a five person company to, to really go after that type of solution. But the irony is that having those solutions in place before you scale allows you to scale quicker and reduce the issues. If you're ripping and replacing your technology every time you hit 10 employees, 50 employees, 100 employees, as you reach a new bar of affordability or ideal client profile for one of these SaaS vendors, it's very disruptive. Um, and so we figured out, well, how can we automate and build multi-tenant versions of some of these solutions like Okta and bring them downstream and then carry some of the risk in the sense that Okta for us is month to month, but Okta is an annual contract solution. So you work with Pliancy, you just pay us month to month for your usage. If you leave, we just take the licenses and reappropriate them um, to another client coming in. Yeah. So we kind of share the risk of these. Strength in early. numbers. I love it. Yeah. Together yeah. we're stronger. Yeah. And we get the good stuff like the big boys and girls. Yeah. You come to us and we're going to set you up like a, a, a 500 person company. You're going to be able to scale to 500 or more with no rip and replace. Um, and so that's something that a lot of the companies come to us and they go, you're telling me we're going to get that technology, but we're going to get it on a month to month basis and a per user cost that's appable. Oh, okay. That may, that's a no-brainer. Um, and so that really was the shift that we made when we launched Pliancy and left kind of the more traditional consulting uh, realm. And that's when the company really just took off. Um, I mean, we're 5X, 7X faster growth than uh, the average uh, in our industry and three to 4X faster growth than those that are funded. We're a bootstrap company um, with yeah. no investors in. Those that have raised 10, 20, 30, 40 million, we're growing two to 3X faster than them um, without, without the capital. So it's really proven to work in the marketplace and 
And we're really excited about that. What is the uh, activity that you say that, that you would see that has led to growth? Like, are you, is it all about relationships with VCs? Is it all relationships or are you? Well, it's all about content? everything in the world is about relationships. And, and I'm there sure. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I didn't mean uh, to lead the witness a well, little bit. If you're leading like towards that. Question, but. You're right. But but there is another part of it, which is, um, you know, as industries become commoditized, um, there becomes monopolies in the tooling and solutions that the commoditized vendors can then use to market, sell and provide solutions. And as that happens, your ability to compete and differentiate becomes more and more challenging. And so in our space, as this industry, which is $150 billion industry today, grew, private equity started consolidating all of the tooling and solutions. And pretty soon you're a dry cleaner. And guess what? All the dry cleaning that you drop off gets trucked to the same location and done by the same company and then trucked back to the location you brought it to. And so as that started to happen in our industry, we said, we need to get away from the tooling and solutions. If we want to differentiate, we need to break apart away from all of that and really build our own solutions that are tailored to the type of clients we serve them. And that was really what Pliancy was. We ditched all of the industry tooling and solutions and ERPs, if you will, and PSAs of our industry and said, we're going to build our own from scratch. That's really tailored to what we need and what we want to do. Um, and I think that's allowed us to outgrow the others because they're all competing directly. What do you do? Same thing as the other person. Well, what's the differentiator? Price. You don't want to compete on price. You want to compete on outputs and quality, right? And breaking apart from that monopoly is what allowed us to do that um, and have higher retention of our people and clients than, than the industry average by quite a bit. Yeah. All right. So someone that's listening to our conversation, first, it sounds like I think we've talked about like who 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 needs to be knocking on the door or picking up the phone call and you're engaging with you. Sure. Uh, but when they go to pliancy.com, what would you recommend if if they're maybe curious, may not necessarily ready to um, commit, or maybe they don't know, like what is that next Hit step in the LinkedIn. journey after? Go, go, go look at our website, check out Pliancy, you know, click around all the friendly faces. Uh, we're really proud of our people here. So we, we highlight them, we get them professional photos and, you know, yeah. um, all of them have LinkedIn and they're pretty active on there. So you can really get to know our company before engaging with us by just going to LinkedIn, um, clicking around, seeing what we post. We're very transparent there. We yeah. think it's a great way for you to passively learn about what we are, what we do um, before you reach out to us. We're very transparent on our clients as well. You know, you can see us liking, you know, that stuff on LinkedIn. You can see client logos on our website. If you're patient, you'll see them all scroll past. You'll know people at those clients. So we really want people to be able to educate themselves um, without the pressure and learn more about the companies we support and what we do. And then hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, you can also email uh, me at Marcus at Pliancy.com. I'm always happy to talk about what we do. We love what we do here. Um, I'm passionate about the industry. Sometimes you're a great fit for us. Sometimes you're not. And I can recommend you to another company. Um, but you know, ideally, the type of people that we love working with is really bold people that want to do something meaningful or passionate about what they do. And usually that's in finance um, or life science. And that could be a venture firm that's brand new that wants to you know, get into ed tech or clean tech, wants to start a new type of fund um, that targets a, a particular sustainable thing. Um, you know, those are the types of clients that reach out to us. And then of course, life science, you know, um, you've got a grant or you've raised some money and you, you want to, you know, go after this scientific challenge, um, you know, hit us up. We'll help you scale. We'll help you get your, get there. Marcus Olson, again, founder and CEO of Pliancy. The website is pliancy.com. That's P-L-I-A-N-C-Y.com. Thank you so much, Marcus, for joining us. 
Thanks for having me, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love, even if you just stopped by to say hi, I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.